Welcome to the Love Your Space podcast, where we explore the world of functional design and how it transforms your space into your own happy place. Whether you're a seasoned design enthusiast or just starting out, this podcast is for you. Join us as we chat with experts in their fields, from interior designers and chefs to artists and musicians, as they share their tips and tricks for developing an aesthetic and finding a vibe on a budget, discussing where people find inspiration and how they balance function and beauty. We'll also dive into the psychology behind why our surroundings have such a profound impact on our mood and well-being. So whether you're looking to spruce up your living room, organize your life, or simply get inspired, we've got you covered. Tune in to the Love Your Space podcast, and let's get started on creating a space you'll love to come home to. Welcome back. Today, we have Tarsha Joyner, who is the owner and head treat maker at Mrs. Joy's Absolutely Fabulous Treats. Um, welcome, Tarsha. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So, you know, we were kind of just talking off camera a bit about how this was going to go down today. And I saw that I got to chat with you today and instantly my stomach began to grumble. So I'm hoping we can talk about <laughs> all the goodies. Um, it's about that time of year, right? Uh, holidays yeah. around the corner. Everyone gets into all the good stuff. So I can't wait. Um, Me too. So you said you were practicing croissants today? Yes, I am for the first time. I drove to Ohio this weekend from Virginia okay. to pick up a dough sheeter from a, a friend that was, she also has a bakery and she's not using it and I need it. So I went and picked it up <laughs> and have I ever used one before? No. <laughs> Do I know what the heck I'm doing? Absolutely not. <laughs> Have I ever made croissants before? Not really. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but I'm working so, on it today. <laughs> so it's trial and error. Like there's yes. mess ups and no big deal, right? Just the cost of ingredients. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because, I, you know, I have a lot of friends and family and I have maybe 50% of them are completely intimidated by baking. Another half are like, uh, baking's easy. Just throw it together. Da, 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 da. I have a science background, so like I don't think baking's that hard because no, I can, that's I can why. read and do it right. Like yeah, yeah. What can you like help our viewers that are like maybe scared to bake? What should they touch on? Well, I have a computer programming background, so I think differently than most bakers do. I ended up moving from programming to graphic design. So everything to me is kind of art. Like I see art everywhere. And I, I even trained one of my daughters to think that way. She'll that. pick up packages and show them to me and she'll go, mom, look at the graphic design on this. But my brain thinks scientifically and logically. So baking for me is way easier than savory cooking, you know? Okay. And, but I'm, I'm a good cook too now, don't get it twisted. <laughs> but I love the way that things have to be measured and weighed and the precision of it. It just, it makes my soul happy to be in my kitchen baking. Okay, okay. As kids, we would bake chocolate chip cookies all the time. Anytime my parents like left and they couldn't tell us what to do anymore. And I can't tell you how many times we would have like runny ones or the super fluffy ones or the like just all the combinations of not correct you can ever have but we ate them all well i didn't i didn't <laughs> ever do that we never made homemade cookies i didn't have a homemade cookie until my kids were alive and in my house <laughs> right, right and i made them for them okay. but chocolate chocolate chip cookies 
are difficult. It's because people are always just following a recipe. And if you think about it, if you're just following a recipe, you're putting your trust into someone you don't even know to tell you the right thing. And most of the time, if you really think about it, if you're getting the recipe off of a website, they just want the clicks on the website so they can get paid. They don't care if your recipe turns out well or not. Sure. You know, and you never end up with the same thing that are in those pictures on that website. So you pretty (laughs) much have to know how to have the ratio of wet ingredients to dry ingredients and make sure that your ingredients are super good ingredients. Because if you want a good product, you don't start with cheap ingredients. And then you, you have there's so much science in it. So if all of that is daunting to you, then just go buy it. Don't just bake it. it. Just go buy it. Just get the pre-made <laughs> ones and stick them in the oven and say you did it, right? That's if, one way to get it. If that's your liking, then I suppose. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. I love it. I love it. So if you have these science backgrounds and this graphic design background, how'd you even get into baking? And then, like, how did you get from baking to TV? Okay, so the baking thing started because I was in my graphic design class. I was about 42 at the time, and it was for a semester project that I was getting. You're going to have to start at the beginning of the semester to brand the product from start to finish, and it was a semester-long project. And because I had teenagers and kids, I wanted something that was not condoms and alcohol, which is what the other college students are doing, you know? <laughs> and so I wanted something that was safe for my kids to be around. Okay. And I chose to, to this fake bakery. This joy was something that I used to put on my bowling ball, you know? I love this. And I love- so I, it, it, Mrs. Joy became the name of the, the, the baker. And I created all of these fake things for this bakery. And for me, it wasn't about the product necessarily it was the packaging that's all i cared about okay sure because that because that's a graphic stuff right so the yeah. rest of it was just kind of all made up and and yeah and then so yeah. it goes from this school project to like a real life thing like something yeah. had to make that happen because that's not normal well my son needed a summer job and i said sweetie if you'll go here to the farmer's market and help me test out this packaging and then um, logo design Um, And you sell these things, I'll let you keep half the money and that'll be your first summer job. And he worked it for a while, but he got sick of me because he thought I was too much of a perfectionist. And he went to work at KFC and then I kept the project going. And my way of learning was to go on Google and YouTube and I joined Facebook groups to see what everybody else was doing. And that's where I found out about the first television show I did. Now, I had about five recipes at the time, and I knew that I I could probably make it on the show with those five recipes. Oh and I ended goodness. up, <laughs> I applied for the show, and I thought, okay, God, if you want me to do this, make this happen. Well, it happened. Oh, and when goodness. I got on the show, I was so sick and nervous because I was, like, brand new at baking. Like, it was, sure, I had been doing it for, like, two years at that point. But it was only like every few months, like it was an everyday thing. It was just, you know, every couple of weeks, every few months, you know, and then I was doing it on nights and weekends for the farmer's market, but I wasn't doing anything special or different. I was just doing the same old shortbread over and over and over again. Well, this show, you needed more than that. So I took my five recipes and I went and I won. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is like complete fairy tale. This is amazing. (laughs) And I learned something about myself. I like to compete. 
I love the adrenaline, that that rush, that panic. I love all of it combined. I love to compete. Oh my God, this is like my favorite right now. So I got like a a million more questions, but I'll narrow it down. So so go from, (laughs) so other people on the show probably had baked for a while. There had to be some like lifers that baked when they were kids, right? Now they were all pretty, I think everybody on that show was younger than me, but they had been baking their whole lives. Yeah, Except exactly. for maybe that NFL football player. I don't know about him. He probably but just ate he a lot had of baked like, goods. But he had five stores. He had okay. five bakeries and he worked in them. So okay. he knew what he was doing. And his yeah. cookies were beautiful, you know? Okay. I mean, they were all, one girl was a Martha Stewart cookie decorator. Oh, that's crazy. I was so, like. So you, you're like barely <laughs> like new to baking and you have to do it on TV. And then you know, go win, right? And then you go win the whole thing. This is awesome. Yeah. I love this. This is yeah. the best. Okay. So how many TV shows have you been on altogether? I've done five. Five. Okay. And yeah. the most recent one was that Crime Scene Kitchen. Is that correct? Yeah, boy. That was some stress right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've I'm... caught a few episodes of that one. Only a few? You got to see well, all of it, dude. Well, I, we go back. So I, I have two kids and my oldest likes watching all those shows. Like, is it the is it real? Bake show, like if you can tell the difference between it being baked or the real item and oh, like all the cake. Yeah, that's it. Like he loves all this stuff and I, I'm not much of a foodie. So like I just watch it because he's entertained by it, Aww. you know, <laughs> so that's so, how you bond. Yeah, that's right. So five shows. So what's your favorite one? The one you won? Okay. No, because I felt like a deer in headlights there. Like okay. I didn't I, I wasn't comfortable. Yeah. But by the second show, I was like, oh, well. I know what to expect now. So a lot of people might get starstruck by sure. the, the the host or the the judges or whatever. I'm just worried about myself. I'm not really paying attention to all of those people. That right. stuff doesn't bother me at all. Right. And I'm all about the work, about the business of it. And I know what they're expecting to see. So I'm trying to give them what they want to see. However, I need to make sure that I can make myself look good in the process. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't ever want to go on, on, on television and look like a total idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, no one wants to do that. Uh, I have a best friend and he went on a television show once, one of those like dating shows back in the day. And I can't say that he, that he looked too good, to be honest. He probably regrets I, well, that one. So. Well, he was asking for that on that show. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Let's see here. Let's like what, what would be out of all those shows you went on, what would be probably the most challenging task you were given? And Crime Scene Kitchen, and to, I'm sorry that if there's gonna be spoilers if you haven't seen it, there was this one round where we had to make a tart to tan. Okay. And it, it involves puff pastry. Okay. And I've never made puff pastry. So the first time I ever made puff pastry- Is <laughs> on TV. Was on that show. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, I have watched the Great British Bake Off, so I knew there was this thing called rough puff pastry, okay. and I'd seen the concept happen, and right. in my head, I knew what it was supposed to be, so I thought, okay, if I just follow this recipe, because you are allowed to have a recipe, and I knew all the little secrets, like you have to shred the butter, and you had to put it in between the layers, and you had to roll it a couple of times, and roll it out, fold, roll it out, and I knew I was supposed to do all those things, in theory, it should work. <laughs> and it worked. Oh my goodness, <laughs> was, I love it. That was the scariest moment because I had never done it before. 
So some of those shows that I have watched, like I said, I haven't watched too many of them, but I've seen so many times where something just completely bombs, like throw we it away. We had that happen. Oh yeah. And you run out of time and like, it's, it's, that gotta happen. Be, it's gotta be stressful for sure. It is. And it's disappointing because all I could think is that my customers are going to think I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. We did the dang thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I, I don't think any customer would, I, that wouldn't be my approach, I think. I'd be like, I think my customers are proud I'm out here and they understand who I am and what I do. And then I'm just challenging myself in a new way, like to become an even better baker for them, you know? Yeah, I don't think that way. I'm very critical, very okay. hypercritical of myself. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Sometimes we like to ask questions to help people in our audience that are listening to this. And I, I asked earlier, like what you would ask or how you would help someone bake. And you said, if you're too scared, don't. Right. But don't you think that if someone wanted to give it a go, that from what we've said already, like sometimes it flops and that's baking even when you're a pro, right? It is because you gotta, I mean, sometimes you screw up and you make mistakes and you do things that are wrong. And you just have to take it in stride and use it as a learning experience. That's how I operate. But I understand that not everybody is like that. Some people, they fail and they are content in failing and never trying again. I don't understand it. I know that that is a thing. For me, making recipes happen, I'll follow. In the beginning, when I first started, I would follow a recipe and not receive the desired result that I was looking for. And my brain would go, well, what do I need to change in order to make this happen? So over the years, I've learned certain things that like ratios of flour to wet ingredients or salt to flour or what type of butter and when to use it and temperatures, all the things that matter have been sticking in here so that I can, if I need a new recipe for something, I could pretty much figure out how to do it. Not everybody has that knowledge, but the only way to get it is to do it Yeah, and not yeah, be afraid a, to fail. Yeah. I think that's like a lesson for all of life, right? I, I don't care if it's baking or if it's sports or whatever. I mean, the only way to gain expertise is through repetition and trial and error. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like so. I do a lot of sketching when I go to church on Sunday, my brain is such that at this point it's about ADD. Like it's really hard for me to focus on one thing unless my mouth is moving. Like okay. if I'm just speaking to a group of people, that's not a problem. But if I'm working, I have to have three things going on at the same time in order for me to be able to focus on the one task at hand. So when okay. I sit at church on a Sunday, it's really hard for me to focus on the speaker up at the front of the chapel because there's all this noise going on with babies and children and all the other things that are going on. So it's really hard for me to focus. So to help me focus, I sketch and I'll take pictures of my family and I'll just go at it in my sketchbook. But there's certain things that are really difficult for me, like facial features and hands and fingers. And those things are hard. And sometimes it'll take me two months, maybe three months to complete a sketch because the hard thing is so hard, I'll find myself erasing and started over, erasing, started over. But I won't get better at it unless I do it. You know, I've got to meet quite a few people doing this podcast and um, it hasn't mattered really what walk of life anyone's been, whether they've been musicians or comedians or whatever. We kind of always come back to this, almost on every single episode, that no one had got to where they were without like putting in real effort. And it's not one day effort, it is like, legit effort if you want to go somewhere 
So, even though that was a little deeper note, let's liven it back up a little bit for one second. Uh, you know, I just think sometimes people need to hear that. A lot of people think all this stuff is like overnight. Like, you, you know, you, you no. became an overnight baker or, or, you know, wallpaper happens next day. Like, you know, that's not really how it works. <laughs> it's, it's coming up on holiday season. Do you have any special treats you like making this time of year or stuff that gets requested all the time? The thing that gets requested the most at the holidays is decorated cookies. Okay. And I used to be the queen of decorated cookies. I mean, but the problem for me is that I don't know how to do a quick, fast, easy, quick, just sure. cheap sure. cookie. It's like these cookies take hours and days <laughs> right. to do. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do, but it's also one of my least favorite because yeah. inevitably what it means for me is I don't get sleep. That's uh, one of those things I have to work on overnight. Yeah. And in order for me to get it so that I can have peace while I'm doing it. Because like once you start decorating the cookie, you can't stop because the icing will, you know, set up while you yeah. want to talk to a customer up front. So I wait till the shop closes and then we start on the cookies. But I have this girl. She's the first cookie decorator I've ever had here that decorates by what I tell her to do. If I show oh. her how to do the cookie, she'll do it exactly the way that I tell her to do it. And mm -hmm. I could cry every time. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. She's amazing. So I've got a partner to help me this Christmas season. And maybe this year we'll okay. do a lot more decorated cookies. But for the most part, rather than selling decorated cookies, I do classes. And, okay. and it's a lot easier for me to just teach people how to do it than yeah. to sit there and do all of them myself. Do you have any books or any like online lessons for people or is it in person only? Yeah, it's in person only at this time because while we're still here in the shop and making all of our money with what we do, I'm not giving those secrets away. But <laughs> <Yeah>. soon, <laughs> hopefully very soon, I won't be doing this anymore and I'm going to sell all the recipes, okay. all the techniques, all the, all the things that are up here are going to be put in writing so it'll live on long after I'm gone. So out of all the things that you bake... What is your favorite thing to bake? And what is your absolute least favorite thing to bake? <laughs> okay, so my favorite thing to do is not actually baked. I make okay. caramel. I oh. make lots and lots and lots of caramel. And it wasn't last year, was it last year? It could have been the year before where I posted a video on TikTok and it was me breaking open one of my turtles and stretching it. And mm -hmm. it went viral. It had over 3 million views on it. And I people kept asking me to ship them out. And I thought, you know what? I could wait until everything is perfect with my website or I could wait until everything is perfect with packaging and all that good stuff. Or I could just ride this wave now while it's got some buzz. And we must have sold about thirty to $40,000 worth of caramels that year in, a, oh, in about yes. three to four months. And that was just online, not included the stuff that I sold in the storefront. But the TikTok right. followers are so loyal and I love them so much. So they're waiting for me to turn it back on now. So I'm about to start with the <laughs> caramel again. But that is one of my favorite things because while it's difficult, it's also a brainless activity. Because okay. once you get stuff going, it pretty much has to sit on the stove and you don't touch it. You just got to pay attention to it to make sure it doesn't burn or, or crystallize or anything like that. And okay. then you get to sit and watch Netflix while you wrap caramel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not so bad. That's not so bad at all. all right. And my, my least favorite thing to make is cream puffs. And the reason is because 
first of all, it's a time consuming process because we make a boatload of them at once. The shoe pastry, it's very eggy. I don't like it. Yeah. I like the filling. I like the crackling that goes on top. And I like the chocolate ganache that we dip them in. But it's not one of my favorite things to eat. It's not one of my favorite things to make. And it's a long process. Like a lot of yeah. hands have to be touched on the product before it goes from start to finish. And the other thing about it is if you don't sell them, you can't repurpose them. You just have to throw them away. And I hate throwing away food. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say cream puffs are probably one of the least or the last things I pick if I'm in a bake shop. Like, <laughs> there's plenty of other things out there. That, me too. Yeah, However, our customers me... say we make the best cream puffs like ever. Okay. And they are always asking for them. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I, I, I feel you. I, I totally get it. I get it. All right. Let's see what sticks. Rapid fire here. Let's see. If you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be? Tomato. Tomato. I, I like tomatoes. That's cool. They're round. Um, they're curvy. And they're juicy. <laughs> okay. All right. We're, we're up in the level of this podcast, the PG-13 now. PG-13. <laughs> and for what those is... that say it's a fruit, it's still a vegetable. <laughs> okay. All right. We could get some online debate going over that. That's for sure. <laughs> What's the uh, weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Oh, my gosh. A frog leg. Oh, those are big down south. You know, I, I've seen them. I haven't oh. ate one. Yeah, it tastes like chicken. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm going to take everyone else's word for that. <laughs> take your word. So if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I know mine, it's easy. I don't know. That's so oh. hard because I have three top foods. And I think... I, I don't know. Pork like if you're spare on ribs. An island. Baby back spare ribs. Okay, okay. And that's all the plane could drop is baby back spare ribs. I'm, I'm pizza, I can live off you know? those, yeah. It was a toss up between that and brisket. I like a good brisket, don't get me wrong. I there. love brisket. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask. If you were a superhero, who would you be and why? I think I'd be Superman, I guess Superwoman, because he can fly, he has all of these different superpowers and he's super strong and like there's all these other superheroes but they don't have like wonder woman she kind of is crappy because she has to use an airplane to fly and i mean he's got all the superpowers right yeah and everybody else just has a little piece here and there so i yeah. really 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 like superman yeah i like the ones that have multiple too like the those poor superheroes that only got like one power you know they, they gotta feel bad right they're like yeah you know like i can like, only shoot arrows really good that's it or webs like yeah, who wants webs. to be spider-man he can't even fly like yeah what's the point they, i guess they had to make them right <laughs> all the different ones but i'm with you on that last one i i ask this almost every episode if you could speak to animals all day and know their language or be fluent in every single language what would you pick animal language you, you pick animal yeah i i 100 want to no 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 like i'm, I'm, no, I'm like, asking you you're it, you could speak to all animals so like dr doolittle or you could speak all human languages like every single one of them you're fluent oh, I every would single easily human language. speak all human languages 
all human languages. That would be my choice. Yeah, because I like to travel and I don't really care that much for animals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes it easy then, doesn't it? That makes it super easy to answer Don't hate me. Don't hate me, but I don't. No hate. I don't do critters. Yeah, they're all vermin to me. (laughs) I get that. Sometimes other people are vermin to me and I pick the critters. I, I don't know. Like, it's just how it goes. This is how it goes. So with holiday coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas, do you have a favorite meal you like to make out of those ones or is it? All of our lives, we always had turkey at Thanksgiving and we always have ham at Christmas. Well, I'm over 50 now. And so ham is out of the question because it'll drive up the blood pressure because we got to think about those things now. And (laughs) I've never really liked turkey. I smoked a turkey one Thanksgiving, two Thanksgivings, and it was the best turkey I ever had. But I'm still not a fan of turkey. The, the one thing that we, my husband and I will do at Thanksgiving is we'll eat crab legs because I really love crab oh, yeah. legs. And yeah. I don't care if anybody comes to the house or not. That's what we're having. <laughs> and I'm not doing a turkey because it's just too much dang work. We're just going to have a crab boil and let it go. And then for Christmas, I don't feel like it's Christmas unless we have sweet potato pie. I don't okay. care about any of the other stuff. To be honest, I'm not a fan of stuffing. I mean, I could take, I love mashed potatoes, but it makes me feel miserable. And (laughs) my husband and I have just become vegetarians, kind of. We're like pescatarians. And so I'm not a big fan of all the meat. It's just too heavy. So as long as we have sweet potato pie, I'm good. You're good. I I got it. I got it. Some family from Kentucky area, and they always have an oyster casserole at Thanksgiving. I'm from Nebraska. We never had that. So, you know, everyone has something different, you know, that's how it goes. Well, I'd like to thank you for being here. And if you could share with everyone listening, like where they can find out more about you, your website or your socials, any of that stuff, where, where should they give you a follow? Okay. So if you're looking to buy product, we're, we're about to turn our website on again, because we turn it off during the hot months. And I think it's sufficiently cool at this point. So MrsJoys.com is M-R-S-J-O-Y-S.com. And then if you want to learn baking tips, follow me on TikTok. It's Mrs. Joy on TikTok or Tarsha Joyner. I give a lot of tips and tricks on TikTok that most bakers won't give you because they think that, you know, you're going to steal my recipes and you're not going to. I don't give recipes, but I give tips to help you make your recipes better right now. And so things that people just wouldn't even think to do, people are like, oh, my gosh, I never would have done that. Thank you for this information. Go there. And and I do have Instagram, but that's just food porn. So if you're looking to find (laughs) some bakery tips, you go to TikTok. But if you want food porn, go to Instagram and Facebook because that's where I post it. And I'm Mrs. Joy on both of those places as well. Okay, so easy to find Mrs. Joy. Hopefully everyone signs up and will watch some TikTok videos and make their holiday meals improved upon this. Yeah, year. and make me some money because every little like comment. <laughs> that, that's right. Send the comments. Send the comments. <laughs> well, I do. I really do appreciate your time. This has been awesome. So great to meet you. So. Oh, thank you. Hey, can I just share one more thing? Yes, please. So this is the one thing that I would like. If if there are people out there that are aspiring to be bakers. This is what I tell them. Keep it at your house. <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot more profit to be made if you just stay in your house. Because once you move into a storefront, 
you got to pay everybody but you. And so, you know, if I ever have to go back home, I will stay there and I will never, ever, ever aspire to open another bakery. And then the other thing is, is that if you're a baker and you're you're looking to make money, don't let other people tell you what you're worth. You have to know your worth and don't because if you let other people tell you what you're worth, you'll never be worth anything. And that was one of the hardest things that I had to do was value my product and then let other people know what the value was. And it was just really uncomfortable because I don't like conflict and people want to argue with small businesses for some strange reason. But we're the ones that have the least amount of money and they just shell it out for the big box. So I decided that this is my value. This is what I'm worth. And either you can take it or leave it. And that's one of those things that's really hard, but you got to learn how to do it. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Comes into the wallpaper business all the time. All the time. So I'm with you on that one. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. It was a joy to be here. Thank you for listening to Love Your Space, a podcast from Walsney Love. Please like and subscribe wherever you podcast and follow us on socials at Walsney Love or stop by and say hello at walsneylove.com. Thank you for sharing your space with us. 